On today's first round KO, we start our NFL 2018 season preview, and we start today with the NFC East. We talk specifically about the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Redskins, and the Giants, and then we uh, collectively, me and Connor, both give our predictions for uh, the actual division. Like we, you know, give top to bottom one, two, three, four, how we think it's gonna pan out, and then we have winners and losers. And one last thing for you guys, let's get it. Welcome to the most must-hear WSUW sports podcast in history. Welcome to... First round KO, my name is KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Connor J. Moore. I figured out, I think I figured out the other thing that I'm going to be for Halloween. And yes, in case anyone's listening, I have a weird obsession with Halloween as of the last few years, and I like to make sure I know what I'm going to be ahead of time. So I know what to get and if I need to do anything special for it. And I figured out what I'm going to be. And what is that? (laughs) Robin. (laughs) Yes. I figured I was going to be Robin. I'm probably, but I don't know if I want to make my own Robin armor or if I just want to go buy the, there's a, there's a dry fit long sleeve shirt. Okay. That looks like just has everything of, you know, like the Robin suit and everything with like the armored Robin and everything. And it has like a printed belt on it and everything, which looks cool and all. But I also think the idea of going out and buying like, I don't know, like motorcycle chest protectors and everything like that, spray painting the heck out of that, just going to town with it would be a lot more fun. But that's also a lot more expensive. Yeah. Because I still have to factor in the pants part and I need to find the cape. True. Yeah, probably cape cape probably wouldn't be too hard to find. The cape wouldn't be too hard, no. Yeah. It's literally just like buying one off off Amazon, and then if I don't like the length, just cutting it. But, but yeah, I figured out I'm going to be Robin. And if you don't know what my primary costume is going to be other than Robin, then you clearly don't know me well enough. <laughs> I love it because I think it's sounding like my friend group. Our friend group is going to be... <laughs> like a lot we're all gonna be superheroes it sounds like the plans are oh god <laughs> so i'm really excited i feel like it's gonna be really fun <laughs> i'm part of me wanted to see if <laughs> i wanted to try to look for a cyborg costume so bad Ooh. because i've been on this massive teen titans kick but it's Ooh. so hard to find a good a good cyborg costume booyah like it's so hard to find one and then I, when I was like, all right, like I can't find Cyborg, and not many people know Cyborg. I'm going to go with Robin. Everyone knows Robin. You'd have to be an idiot to not know who Robin is. <laughs> <laughs> and then part of me was like, ooh, I wonder if I could get, a, get together a, a mini Teen Titans squad. But, yeah, it sounds like everyone's just going to be some miscellaneous superhero. Yeah, and it's going to be great. I can't wait. Um, but speaking of Halloween, something else that I thought of today, I, can't, I saw it on a meme page on Instagram. And it it finally clicked in my mind that uh, the majority of children this year for Halloween are all going to be Fortnite characters, and it oh, already yes. it already hurts my head. 
Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, like everyone, not even children, just everyone. Like, like every year, there's like a main Halloween costume. This year, it's gonna be Fortnite skins. Like, it has to be. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not looking forward to that. I wouldn't be surprised. I will admit that I do play the game and it's pretty fun, but like I, I, I'm not looking forward to that at all. Uh, but then again, I hate the, I hate the trends every Halloween. <laughs> Everything that's pop, you know, when there's 20 jokers at a party. What was it? Oh. Two, three years ago. Oh my goodness! Yeah. That was terrible. Um, suicide Squad. Yeah. What was the theme last year? I'm trying to Did think. It had to be a theme. Oh, there was. I'm trying to think of what it was, though. Because mm. I know, at least for me personally, last year, I was Finn from Star Wars. And then the next day, I swallowed all of my pride and went as a high school musical character, which actually went over well. Bro, I would love to do a high school musical. You don't do that. I. Don't, ooh. don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. I would absolutely do that. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my. <laughs> I did that uh, fourth or fifth grade in elementary school. I was Ryan because <laughs> he's the best from High School Musical, so don't even get me started. I'm not because I hate that series. <laughs> oh, how? How can you... When you're exposed to all three of them at least ten times over because you have a sibling who loves them, then come back to me. Okay. <laughs> I'll be singing along. <laughs> oh Can we talk sports? So I don't Let's talk some bottom. sports. Let's knock that. out some topics because today we get to start our NFL 2018 season preview. That's right. Football is officially back. We had the uh, Hall of Fame game on Thursday. Friday? Thursday. It was Thursday. Yeah, it was this past Thursday. And, uh, you know, the, the Hall of Fame game was really funny, and they, they pointed this out on Pardon My Take. It's, it's really funny because the, there's hype around it. You know, the, they introduced the new inductees to the Hall of Fame. It's football. It's, you know, it, it's Sunday night. The quote on, It's the Sunday night crew. It's NBC. And it's got this big feel. And then you see Chase Daniel <laughs> run out onto the field. And it's like, oh, yeah. It, it it hits you, and you go, oh, yeah, that's right. This is a meaningless preseason game. <laughs> so football's kind of back, but not fully. Um, but we can't wait for football to actually begin, and we can't wait for it to actually be back. So we're uh, going to be talking about it a lot within the next two weeks, um, and we're going to preview every NFL division, north, south, east, and west. We're both AFC and NFC and we are going to start today with the most competitive and most interesting uh, division in football, and it's always the most competitive in the NFL. It's always it, it, it it's always the most interesting. Like every year, it's it seems like teams shift everywhere, in and out. It just always seems to be the most competitive. All four teams always have a shot at it, and that is the NFC East. Um, that includes the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Redskins, and the Giants. All the teams, NFC East, um, and like I said, always the most competitive division in the NFL. Um, and the, so, and to back up that statement, fun fact: no team has repeated as NFC East champions since 2004. Philadelphia was the last team to repeat. They actually won it three years in a row in uh, 2002, 2003, and 2004. 2004 was the year they went on to the Super Bowl to play Brady. 
and the Patriots. Um, but that was the last time someone repeated as NFC East champions. Um, and uh, again, you know, as the reigning champions, the Eagles are the strong favorites to repeat as division champions um, and to come out of this um, and make it into the playoffs. So, you know, we kind of have to we we kind of have to start with the Eagles <laughs> just because they won this. They're the reigning Super Bowl champions. Um, so, Connor, what are your thoughts on the 2018 Eagles? It's hard to say they got worse because they didn't at all. This is such a deep team. This is such a fun, a phenomenally deep team, and the skill positions from the running back standpoint, the wide receiver standpoint, defense. You know what you're getting there. They're a very hard, hard nosed team. And the thing that always plays very well for them, or for any team, is that when your face of the franchise goes down, or if they're unable to perform, and you're still not, and you still don't suffer a significant drop off, that is the best of all best case scenarios you can have with the team. And when you, I mean, it's undeniable. Carson Wentz is the face of that franchise. He goes down. Nick Foles, who was no stranger to the Philadelphia Eagles, comes in. We all know the story there. I don't need to remind everybody. But they're in such a good position to repeat as division champions because as solid, somewhat on paper, as most of the other teams are in this division, there's still so many. There's more question marks with those three teams than there are with this team. Really, the only big question mark that I can see with the Eagles is when is Wentz going to play and is he going to be 100% healthy? Maybe the second one is will Alshon Jeffrey be healthy? Because as I look right now, he's on the physically unable to perform list. But, mm. I, I, but again, none of this really hurts them because they're still so deep. I mean, Mike Wallace, you still have him as, as a wide receiver. Jay Ajayi as a running back is one of the best Oof. running backs, if not one of the best players in the league last year. Hello, team. Not us. Um, clogging up on the defensive line side point. Chris Long still is still there. Jason Kelce is still there, one of the best centers in the league. It Malcolm Jenkins can't say enough about him as a safety. This is such a this is such a deep team. I honest. I know we're gonna probably, or I know we will talk about how we would rank them or where they're going to fall in the standings later, but I'm just going to spoil it right now. I have the Eagles winning the division again. That right away. I'm not even going to waste any time with that. They're, this team just looks way too deep. They're too talented, and there's just too many other question marks with the other teams in this division, and there aren't that many I could find with this one. The only big one, like I said, is will Carson Wentz be healthy and when will he play? And when will Alshon Jeffrey play? And maybe the third one will be how much of a Super Bowl hangover are they going to have? But I don't think this team is going to be subject to that. So I <laughs> I slightly disagree. Um, yes, I do. I do believe that they upgraded uh, at a couple positions, uh, mainly quarterback. Obviously, they get Carson Wentz back if or not if, but when he comes back and if he's 100% whenever he becomes 100%. Um, and I think they got Michael Bennett from the Seahawks, and I believe they got someone else too on defense. But so to your point, yeah, they, they are a very de- deep team. Like you can't deny that. The talent on that team is amazing. Obviously, they just won a Super Bowl. But to me, um, the Eagles last year were always the better coach team throughout the playoffs. 
Um, Doug Peterson is just a fantastic coach. He got a four-year extension today, literally just like a couple minutes ago before we started recording. And um, and he 100% deserves it. He outcoached Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. Just phenomenal job all around in the playoffs last year for him. Um, the biggest the biggest loss that the Philadelphia Eagles had, um, and they didn't have many, but the biggest one that they lost was their offensive coordinator, Frank Reich. Um, he left. I do, don't remember exactly where he went to, um, but he. Th- the main thing is he's out of Philadelphia. He's not their offensive coordinator, and a lot of people aren't too like, you know, worried about that. But if the past shows us anything, you know, um, when Shanahan left the Falcons, Matt Ryan had a down year. The Falcons' offense wasn't as good. Um, they were kind of a bland team that year. And then Sean McVay, when he left to go to L.A. Um, crap, where was he before? I completely forgot. Where was Sean McVay? Yeah. Uh... I'm trying to remember where he was coaching. Redskins, that's right. He was the Redskins' offensive coordinator. And, you know, when they had, well, first RG3, and then when they switched to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins was having phenomenal years. And to me, you know, especially now seeing Sean McVay go to L.A., and do these things with Jared Goff, I that's why I sour a little on Kirk Cousins. Um, I think it was the offense. You know, they had Alfred Morris. He had Jordan Reed, who's a fantastic tight end. He had talent on the wide receiver end. So, like, but, you know, when Sean McVay left the Redskins, their offense also fell down. The stats, you, you can go you can go back and look at the stats for both the Falcons when Shanahan left and McVay when the Redskins left, or the Redskins when McVay left. And... You can just see the the offensive stats go down for the year after. You know, obviously they'll rebound, they'll find a new offensive co- coordinator, a new rhythm. But when that offensive coordinator does fall back or leave, the stats and the offense is going to fall down a little bit, especially with a guy like Frank Reich who took a backup quarterback <laughs> to the Super Bowl. Like that's not easy. You can't lose your franchise dude mid season towards the end of the season. Throw in this dude. And just like, all right, we're going to go on a Super Bowl run. Here's the wheel to our team. Um, so, like, all the credit to Frank Reich and to uh, Doug Peterson. But now Frank Reich is out. So, I think their offense takes a big hit. I, I like JHI, but their their receiving core is a little shaky to me. Alshon Jeffrey really being the only solid dude in there. Um, Mike Wallace is okay, but he's not as good as he used to be. I don't think his speed is anywhere what it used to be. Um, and they have Zach Ertz at tight end, who's I, I he he's one of the top tight ends in the league, especially because he's real young. But they lost Trey Burton, the backup tight end, um, also the third best passer in this in this year's Super Bowl. And they drafted Dallas Go- Godert Godert Dallas Godert. Sure, um, they drafted him in the. Fourth round. It was the fourth round, and they signed Richard Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers. So, like, those two are going to compete for the second spot, but can they fill the same spot that Trey Burton? Trey Burton played a big role in that offense last year, too. They played a big uh, double tight end, you know, are they going to run, are they going to pass type of thing. So, if one of those two can step into that offense and fill that role, that'll help, but that's going to be the big question early. And can the new offensive coordinator still do that kind of stuff with this personnel? Um, but, you know, back to Carson Wentz, he's really the big question of of the team. Like, when is he going to come back? 
when he does come back, is he going to be 100%? Is he going to be shaky after his, you know, is he going to be scared to injure himself again? Is he going to be, you know, making more split decision or split second decisions? Is he, you know, there's a lot that goes into coming back from your first injury, especially at that age, at the quarterback. There's going to be a lot of questions surrounding Carson Wentz. I don't think there's any doubt that he has the talent to bounce back and have a great year. But it's a matter of when he comes back and how fast it takes him to get going again into the season. Um, The Eagles also have a pretty tough schedule. You know, they open the season against the Falcons. Like, that's never good. They have a tough schedule, so especially that Falcons team week one, Carson Wentz might get rocked a little. He, you know... it's all about if he plays, he's going to get rocked, and that confidence might be a little shaken right away week one. It's going to be interesting. And then another big question for the Eagles, you know, we talked about their depth in the defense. They have great defensive linemen, oh, excuse me, and they have uh, Jenkins in the back, in, you know, as a safety. And they have, they have pretty good linebackers too, but the, the biggest question on defense is their cornerback position. They have Sidney Jones and, and Jalen Mills competing for that number one spot, but like, I, those, aren't, those aren't number one guys in my mind. <laughs> those names don't spark any like, oh, yeah, I know who's going to win that battle. Like, I don't, and that's not necessarily a good thing for a cornerback battle because they, they seem like two or third, second or third kind of guys who are now going to be stepping into that number one spot. Um, So that's – and we've seen it. I've seen it firsthand in Green Bay. If you don't have cornerbacks, your defense can fall apart pretty quickly. So that's a big question for me also. It's it's hard to – like you said, Connor, it's hard to say that the Eagles got worse over the offseason because they really didn't. They really only lost a couple people. But to me, there's a lot of different things pointing at the Eagles – having a tougher time, you know, it's always the hardest thing in the world to repeat. It's always hard to get back. I think it's going to be, I think the Eagles have an uphill battle ahead of them. And it's going to be, it's going to be a tough season, especially in the beginning. It's going to be a tough season for them. Um, anything you want to add there? I mean, I can see why you think there's, it's going to be smooth or not even smooth. It's going to be rough sh- sailing for them. But there's one thing that you touched on in the beginning where it leads me to think that they'll be fine, and it's that coaching staff. And, yes, they lose their offensive coordinator, but this is such a well-coached team. I don't think they're going to suffer a significant drop-off on the offensive side of view, and Doug Peterson is arguably one of the best. If you can somehow outsmart one of the greatest minds Mm -hmm. in football in the grandest stage of them all, you deserve to be in the conversation of one of the best coaches in the league at that point. Notice how I just said in the league, not history. I'm not one of those people. Oh, no. But, but I mean, he, he, he showed what he can do with Carson Wentz and then subsequently with, uh, with Nick Foles. I'm, I know right. he was a backup quarterback, but he is a, he's a good quarterback. I know, he, I know he's a backup. Everyone who rags him says, oh, they're only one of the backup quarterbacks. You have to be a damn good backup quarterback to win a damn Super Bowl. So I think he, I think Nick Foles earns the right to just be Nick Foles when talking about him. He just so happens to be Nick Foles, the one who happened to be a backup quarterback. This, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll definitely be. I think they'll definitely definitely be fine because Peterson will have those guys exploit all the other question marks 
with the other teams and with the depth on this team it's and i think this team still has that chip on the shoulder even though they won the super bowl there's a bunch of people saying oh they shouldn't have won it philadelphia shouldn't win anything you really want to tick off the team that already won the super bowl with a chip on their shoulders yeah. and you want to give them more motivation go ahead and tell me how that works out for you nfc east please tell me how that works out for you Very true. so it, it's going to be an interesting season for sure but i I'm not worried about this Eagles team whatsoever. Um, I'm looking at their schedule. Like I said, they open up against the Falcons. Then they go uh, at Tampa Bay against the Colts, at the Titans, um, the Vikings, at the Giants, Panthers, at the Jackson, at, at Jacksonville, Cowboys, at Saints, Giants, Redskins, at Cowboys, Rams, Texans, at Redskins. So there's a lot of teams in there, you know, that are on the bubble kind of thing. Like th- this schedule could very well easily be uh, like a lighter schedule, but a lot of these teams have made moves, and if they if all their pieces go together, you know, Vikings obviously have one of the best rosters in the league. Titans are no joke. Um, Colts are on the bounce back. Buccaneers that they're they're shaky right now. Panthers. They have a decent roster. The Jaguars are going to be a hell of a defense for, you know, for that offense to try to get by. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff early that could go either way for the for the uh, Eagles. Um, and like I said, I, the transitioning from offensive coordinators is not an easy thing. We've seen it in the past, and I really, to me, that's the biggest thing. Um, that's kind of holding me back from from being high on the Eagles because it's hard to be it's hard to not be high on a Super Bowl winning team who didn't really lose anyone who only lost a couple of players and who's gaining a quarterback. Um, it's hard for me to be to not for me to not be high on them, but that that offensive coordinator thing is really sticking out to me. Um, but we'll see how that schedule holds up for them. The next team we are talking about is the uh, you know uh, the self-proclaimed America's team the Dallas Cowboys Connor what do you think about the Cowboys in 2018 still without a doubt one of if not the best offensive lines in the game yeah <laughs> can't deny that it, it's kind of hard to stop the quarterback and put pressure on the offense when you can't do anything yeah you can't you can hardly even touch the quarterback it's kind of hard to uh and it makes it even easier for an elite running back like Ezekiel Elliott you know who's as fast, as strong as... Again, he's a star. He's a, he's absolutely mm-hmm. a star running back. The wide receiving core, I'll be interesting to see how... Interested, rather, to see how Prescott handles the loss of Des Bryant. Uh, Jason Witten, obviously, retired. You know, all reliable, as I've always called them, in fantasy football and in regular football as well. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to find them. I mean, even when his numbers were going down, he was still one of the most reliable targets for whoever was throwing him the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, when you lose all reliable and you lose a, a red zone big play threat like Des Bryant, you know, it's obviously it's obviously going to be question marks on the offense. Cole Beasley, is, I think, is going to see a, a much bigger role there on that, on that offense. And he did very gonna well. He's going to have to. <laughs> he did very well with Dak Prescott. But with him essentially more or less being one of the featured, if not the featured wide receiver. I wonder how much of that impact is going to be uh, diminished or if there's, or if they're still going to keep him in the slot, which I think is perfect for Beasley defense. 
Uh, still a uh, fairly good defense. They set up some uh, pillars there. Sean Lee still manning the center there. I I really don't know about about this team. Oh, and then I forgot on the offensive side of the ball, Terrence Williams. Mm-hmm. I, he's just he's inconsistent to me. Yeah, he's, he's very a, he's a wildly he's, inconsistent. He's a lot like Devontae Adams early, where he it seems like he drops the ball every once in a while, like on big throws, and he, he's he yeah, like you said, he's just very inconsistent. You know, it's just. That's that's part of me. That's part of the other reason why I think Cole Beasley might not have as big of a year. I mean, I don't want to say he had a massive year last year, but if you really, if you watch Dallas Cowboys games, man, he benefited a lot. But yeah. if Terrence Williams can't consistently play to the ability that we've all seen that he can play at, I have a hard time thinking that this Cowboys offense could do much because they become very one-dimensional at that point. I mean, sure, you can dump it off to Cole Beasley and, and the other receivers on that team, and sure, you can hand it off to Zeke Tavon as Austin. many times as you want. Tavon Austin, who was an absolute speedster. But you can't – if your featured wide receiver isn't really doing much, it becomes it becomes so much easier to lock down Beasley. Beasley just got to hit him really once, <laughs> and, he, and, he's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's done so. Uh, Tavon Austin – as much promise as he had coming out of college, out of West Virginia, we've really yet to see him become that massive star yeah. that we all thought he'd be. We all know the guy can run, yeah. but we still haven't really seen him put everything together and really become that lethal deep threat from a spe- uh, speed standpoint. Defensively, Demarcus Lawrence is, an- is another piece who give- gives people fits or gives offensive linemen fits. If I had to pick a team who could really challenge for the division outside of Philly, wow, I really hope my cousin doesn't listen to this. Uh-huh. I could say I could say goodbye to any any giant stuff at all. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's right. Wow, he's gonna uh, like he's gonna like my take on New York. <laughs> I, I think he's gonna like mine as well, but they they can make a push for it. They can definitely make a push for the division. The Cowboys? Yeah, I think I think they can. The one thing that I worry about, or not even so much the one thing that I worry about, it's the one thing that I know is kind of, for me, I think this is make or break for Jason Garrett here. He's had so many oh, different chances. You know, you have, you have a staple at quarterback now. You have one of the best running backs in the league. You mm-hmm. have the best line in the league. Mm-hmm. You have one of the best pass rushers Although in the league. They've had the best offensive line in the league for the past seven years oh my goodness right so i mean yeah that at what point at what point do the dallas cowboys really starts really stop rather at what point do they stop settling for mediocrity or oh we're we got there we were close and we just barely squeaked and we were barely out remember we barely when we squeaked. were remember when we won what 15 games 14 games remember right that? and then if they do get into the playoffs they it's a very short-lived appearance at what point do you stop settling or at what point do you just say enough's enough Mm -hmm. and try to move onward they've i feel like they've gotten rid of almost everyone at one point but jason garrett and i don't know if that's and i don't know if that's a fault i don't know if that's a fault of it's because he listens to jerry jones exactly i don't know if that's a fault of jerry jones's own loyalty or whatnot i have no, no idea what it is but i i don't see Jason Garrett staying around very much longer if they don't, at the very least, get a wild card spot here. I just think that they've settled for second or mediocrity or short-lived playoff appearances 
way. I mean, obviously, with the with the argument could be out there about the Packers game in the playoffs, but that's a whole different story that we should not and will not get into mm. because God, that what one, a throw to Jared Cook! Because because that one is that one still divides opinions. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But I think they almost have to do very well because this is. I think this is the last. This has got to be the last hurrah for Jason Garrett. As much as I think Jerry Jones is crazy loyal to this guy, and as we all know how yeah. insanely loyal Garrett is to Jerry Jones, that's yeah, that's. I don't think I'm he thinking. stays around very much longer because you could be good for so, you can be good or good enough for so long, but at some point are you going to be like, okay, good, fine, we need to start getting, we need to start being great. We have the pieces in place. Why can't we achieve more? Yeah, at some point you have to. You have to start winning. You have to start exceeding expectations instead of just staying at them. Um, okay, so question for you. You brought up the fact, you know, if Terrence Williams doesn't step up and if Cole Beasley and Tavon Austin still aren't fitting that number one role, um, you know, if if Zeke is that offense and, and they do become one-dimensional, do you trust Dak Prescott as a quarterback to be able to, if a team's like we're if the teams if the teams they're playing are saying okay we're gonna stop the run you need to beat us in the air do you trust Dak Prescott and this receiving core enough to to be able to do that I don't trust the receiving core very much as much praise as I just gave Cole Beasley as much as Mm -hmm. I personally like Tavon Austin and as much as the entire NFL fan base should know the talent that Terrence Terrence Williams possesses Mm -hmm. I don't fully trust that receiving core although they did very well when des bryant was gone last year i don't think i don't think they can have a repeat performance so i trust Dak prescott more than i do the receiving core to be completely honest with you okay i've always been a fan of Dak prescott even at mississippi state that's and fair I, you know i think he he has a he has a cannon of an arm i think people need to start giving this man some props for his arm and he's he's a bigger dude but he's mobile he's i'm not yeah. gonna say he's Johnny Manziel mobile. He's not Aaron Rodgers mobile. He's not Deshaun Watson mobile, but he can move, you know, and he can, he can move enough for the quarterback position. Right. And he can take enough of a hit, you know, and keep moving. So I trust Dak Prescott. I just want, I just need to see more consistent play from the receiving core. The best case scenario for this receiving core is they have a season like they did last year yeah. where they were able to show where they were able to show like hey we don't need des but at the same time they also had jason witten so, right and this year his jason witten's replacement is a tight end by the name of rico gathers now rico played a lot like jimmy graham he played college basketball and then was drafted into the nfl now this man is in his third year in the nfl he has yet to play a down in the regular season. He has played a couple downs, like a handful of downs in the preseason. <laughs> and he is currently the number one tight end on their depth chart. But I mean, if you have a if you have a freak athlete at the tight end position, how many times have we seen that I don't want to say it's always worked from a Hall of Fame standpoint, but it benefits teams. It I mean, can. If, it definitely can. If, and even if they don't really use him as a traditional tight end, they could still spread him out wide and everything right. to a certain packages. So right. they could have a lot of fun with the gathers there. Yeah. Obviously, he's got big shoes to fill now that all reliable is gone. But yeah, I think I think they could have some fun. I think 
gathers will be definitely a serviceable tight end because you can experiment and do so many different things scheme wise with him because he's such a freak athlete. He has that Jimmy Graham, Ju- uh, Julius Thomas, uh, Tony Gonzalez DNA to him where he basketball player, you know, he can go up there. He's right. He's a, he's a big guy. So they can have some fun with them, but all of that still, I'm, even with all that said, I would st- I still trust Dak Prescott more than I do that receiving core. Be- I've just always been a fan of Dak Prescott, so maybe this is just me speaking personally. And I don't know, maybe that trust diffuses into or goes into the wide receiving core the more I watch them. Obviously, I mean, we haven't watched any of these teams play a preseason game yet this year. So, right. I mean, obviously everything that I say today can, can completely be wiped away by, I don't know, I would say week three of the preseason when mm-hmm. that's essentially the grand dress rehearsal for everyone. Right. But, no, I think this is a team that can challenge. They can definitely challenge. I think there's uh. a lot – there's more pressure on Jason Garrett than I think the players. As much as I think that the receiving core is meh the when they're in, I mean, when they're bad, they're horrible. Yes. I like the defense. The line is – as perfect as it could possibly be. The, the line is definitely the best part of that defense. Um, right. I'd say the backs are a little shaky, but I would say they. It's I think losing Orlando Skandrick was also kind of a big yep, loss. They lost Skandrick. They well. lost Church last year. I can't think of the other corner that they had. He didn't make it on some team, and then he came to the Cowboys and was decent. I don't remember his name. I, don't, I like it. the Cowboys are good. You're never gonna hear me say. <laughs> Oh, I like the Cowboys to do this because I hate the Cowboys. Same, but it's one of it's one of the teams that I just irrationally hate for whatever reason. I just I grew up hating hate the Cowboys. I'm <laughs> gonna tell you why. There's no threat to my favorite team, but I can't stand them. But they can challenge. They can definitely challenge the Eagles. And there's another team that I'm not gonna tell you who in this division Ooh. that I also think can make one hell of a challenge Ooh. for first place in this division if all goes right okay um i i am not as high on Dak as you now i will preface this by saying i was a fan of his at mississippi state um and when he when he took over the job in dallas i had high hopes for him i knew he was going to do decently um because he's he he Dak prescott to me is blake bortles for jacksonville He's not a fantastic thrower of the ball. He's Like you said, he's got an arm, but it's more of an accuracy league now, and I don't think he has that franchise accuracy in the arm. But So, like, to me, he's Blake Bortles, where he isn't accurate, but he's got an arm on him. He can extend plays when he needs to, and he's a game manager where he knows, you know, when to th- when to take chances, when he can take chances, and when to just check down the ball to Cole Beasley, which he did a number of times last year. And you know, he, and he's very good at not turning the ball over. Um, so, like, he he's a game manager to me, Dak Prescott. And, but he's not he, he's not a guy to me, like, if the defense says, okay, we're going to stop Zeke, you have to throw on us. With that receiving core, it's hard for me to see Dak respond to that. Um, I Like I said, like, I'm a fan of his – but I, I don't see him as a top quarterback, even like a top two or, th- or second or third tier quarterback in this league. Like he's like I said, he's a game manager. I don't see him as a top dude. Um, the other question kind of is Zeke. He's been in some trouble lately. 
he, I think, I don't remember what the recent thing is, but now he, he's got a list of things now that he's kind of done wrong. A couple of things in college, and now it's like three things in the NFL within three years. So, like, if he stays out of trouble, if nothing comes out of this recent scandal, and if, you know, if he stays out of trouble for the rest of the season, he's my team MVP for the Cowboys for sure. He definitely their most valuable player. He makes Dak that much better. Um, but but going back to Dak, I don't trust that. I don't trust the <laughs> the receiving core at all. Cole Beasley, he him and Tavon Austin are basically the same player. Where and it'll fit. It'll fit with Dak and it'll fit with their offensive scheme. It'll work where you know Dak will drop back. He'll or it'll be a play action and then a quick dump to either Beasley or Tavon and they'll run it for 15 yards. You know, it, this is going to be primarily running offense. Even if some of it's through the air, they're going to be short dink and dunk passes um, where those two are going to run. And Terrence Williams is going to be their deep threat, which makes me think they aren't going to be a deep threat. Um, because like you said, he's very inconsistent. If he can step up, then, you know, then the best thing that that's going to do is give Cole Beasley and Tavon Austin more room to run down in the middle. Um so, but to me, I just don't trust that receiving core at all, especially with someone like Dak at quarterback. Like, you know, it. I think if you give Aaron, Aaron, like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or even Drew Brees, this receiving core, they can make it work. Um, and Dak, Dak, and the offensive coordinator will make it work to an extent. But to I don't know. To me, they're just. It's not a consistent bunch. N- none of these are number one guys. So it'll be interesting how they do that. And I already mentioned Rico Gathers. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see him come into the NFL and you know actually start to make an impact. Um, we'll see if he's even the starter, see if they go get someone. Um, and t- to me, you, you did mention their defensive ends. You know, their defensive ends are amazing. Chaco Tarl- Taco Charlton is going to be amazing. He's, you know, he's just good. Like their, their defensive line is their strongest part of the defense for sure, which can help. Like, if you have a strong defensive line, you, you don't necessarily need good cornerbacks and good safeties because if the you know if the quarterback has to make quicker throws, you don't have to cover as long. Um, but that's that's to me where they're shaky is the is defensive backs, especially cornerback losing Orlando Scandrick. Um, but yeah, the, to me, their defensive backs are the biggest question mark in the. On the defensive end, I this this Dallas team is very mediocre to me. Like, I, they can pull another thirteen wins out of them, like they did in the in the rookie years of Zeke and Dak. But I just I don't see it anymore, especially specifically because of this division and because of their schedule. So I pulled up their schedule tool. They start off against the Panthers, tough game. They start and then week two right away Giants. That's going to be a very physical and very tough game for the Cowboys. Um, and then the Seahawks, who are rebuilding, but they still have enough players on defense where that's going to be a very physical game. Detroit, eh. But then after that, they have, they're have they in Houston against the Texans. That's going to be a tough game for them. Um, against Jacksonville, tough game. In Washington, all, division games are always going to be hard. Titans, Eagles, Falcons. Redskins again, Saints, Eagles, Colts, Bucks, and then they finish the season at the Giants. That's a tough schedule in my mind. Um, and the Cowboys, I don't know the 
this team this team doesn't impress me. It's not they haven't made any improvements really. They've only lost people. They've they've stayed consistent at a lot of positions, but they've they've lost at cornerbacks and safeties, and now they've lost at wide receiver and tight end. I think this team is slowly losing. I think they needed to make bigger moves in the offseason. Anything you want to add? No, not really. All right. <clears throat> um, we are now going to move on to the New York Giants because I think this team is very interesting. So, Connor, what are your thoughts on the 2018 Giants? The word of the the word I will use to best describe this team is potential. As in, there is, this is a team, and I'm, I, spoiler alert, this is the other team that I'm very high on in the <laughs> division. I heaped praise on the Eagles. I said a lot of things need to be, need to go right, or need to be adjusted for the Cowboys to contend. At the end of the season, I can very well, with the pieces that are in place on this team, I talk about I talked about depth with the Eagles in different positions and the key veterans that they have there. Mm-hmm. You have all of that with the Eagles, and now you have an you have a coach in Pat Shermer where you know there's not going to be any confusion. You have a coach that knows what the hell he's doing. First of all, but you just have a coach staff that knows what they're doing, and you can you could tell that why did the coaching staff lost the players last year? Yes. Getting rid of him was the greatest thing that could have ever happened. 100%. The only two things that I think honestly hurt the Giants last year were injuries and a completely inept coaching staff. Right. Because they have so much stuff for the wide receiver position. Oh, you have Odell Beckham coming back. Sterling Shepard is, you know, he's on the the roster as well. Uh, Who else? Who else? I mean, at wide receiver, it doesn't get too much. <laughs> Other than those two, it's not great. There's, um, a, there's another one there that that I really that I really like. Well, they have Roger Lewis, Cody Latimer, Russell Shepard. I like him, Russell Shepard. I okay, think that's, yeah. that's that's the one I liked. Cody Latimer is it was very well. I mean, maybe that could be a product of Matt Stafford making him look great, but <laughs> true. And that and then and then his brief time over in Denver. But no, I'm I'm sold on him. We don't need to talk much about. Uh, Saquon Barkley. I think he's. I think he's the ro- offensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. I think he's a future offensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think he's going to be on the upper echelon of running backs for further down his career. Eli Manning is the second question mark for me on that offense. Not the first. The first is Odo Beckham's health. Right. And Odo Beckham's health slash contract situation. The second issue would be Eli Manning because how much, what are you going to get out of him? I don't think you're going to get elite out of Eli Manning. I don't think he was ever really elite to Can't begin with. Can't spell elite without Eli. That's very true. Or Flacco to be that. to be. <laughs> but I wonder how much he has left in the tank. I still think he has just, I think, I still think he has enough. I think, again, a lot of the reason why we were just so bad and just, ripping on the Giants day in and day out last year was just because it was a product of that coaching staff. It was a massive product of that coaching staff. And now that they're gone, Pat Shermer takes over. Connor Barwin, when they brought him in for in the offseason, I personally loved that move. Mm-hmm. You have a vet. 
a very effective vet, mind you. Yeah. Who's who can do a lot of damage? Eric Flowers, I think, is going to have a better year on the offensive line standpoint. I think he kind of has to. Their offensive that, line looks actually very good. Like it does. Uh, it, to me, competes with the or with the Cowboys. It does. That's the thing. They have so many pieces in place in so many different positions. Mm-hmm. It was just soured by the coaching staff. Oh, absolutely. Injuries. Well, plus they added to it in the off season. But yeah, like, last year's exactly. last year's even had promise promise they were so yeah. snake bitten last year mm-hmm. they i would go on and say they were the most snake bitten team in the league last year right with, without a without a shadow of a doubt with just just bad luck whether it was injuries whether it was stupid decisions whether it was a horrible management of personnel was the boat last year the boat was i think either last year or two years <laughs> two years ago it might have been at towards the end of the of two years ago I don't remember. There's so much potential with the team. The secondary, their cornerback specifically with Janoris Jenkins and Eli Apple, I think you need to figure if long story short, this team has the potential to make another one of those weird, odd, deep runs in the playoffs. Yeah. Especially in a stacked in a uh, no, I'm actually I scratched that. I'm not gonna say stacked NFC East. Uh in a in an interesting NFC East, I should say. In a very right. interesting NFC East, you know you're going to get a much better Giants team than you saw last year. I need to know if they're going to be healthy. I need to know if all the off-the-field incidents and all, all, all any of the off-the-field drama will be kept to a minimum, which I think bringing in a vet like Connor Barwin helps, especially with a guy who's slowly becoming a, a, becoming a loose cannon like Odell Beckham. Right. Also, the addition of Nate Soldier on the uh, offensive line. Oh, oh my God. Oh my goodness! Yeah, exactly. I almost forgot about him. Can't say enough good things about yep. Nate Soldier either. And the veteran presence coming off of a New England team, like that's going to be a culture shock for that offense. Yep. And, I, and then I, you yeah. still have you still have a vet like Eli Manning there at the helm as well, and Pat Shermer, who's he's been around the league. He's he's seen some things good and bad in this league too. Yeah. The, I noticed how I said Dallas can contend. They can challenge. If all goes well, and like I said, potential is a big word here for the Giants. They are a legitimate contender. I can, if all goes well for this team, they can be so electric. This could be one of the most electric teams in the NFC East. They could very well win it. I think, I and even if they don't, I I have a good feeling about them winning the wild card. <laughs> they just need to stay healthy. They just need to stay healthy. I'm not worried about the coaching staff anymore. I'm more worried about literally just the training staff and the health of this team. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm very high on this New York team. Um, looking at this roster and the, like you said, the the key word for this team is potential. Like they have a lot of young players with potential who, who have even shown that, they, that they're kind of past the potential. Like they're actually – legit NFL players um, and then a lot of offseason additions to this team that just make them so so dangerous I think um, first of all you know head honcho head coach upgrade Pat Sherman and like you said before, like you talked about the coaching staff like that was just toxic it was terrible for the team Pat Shermer is going to be fantastic for this New York team and they're it's just going to be a complete shift in the culture for the New York Giants and the biggest thing that Pat Shermer brings, I, I think, to this team is because he went and he made Case Keenum seem like a legitimate number one quarterback last year. 
And now he's got Eli Manning, who is a legitimate number one quarterback. Yes, he's towards the end of his career. And that was my first question mark. You know, I was looking at Eli Manning as a whole and how he's aged and how he's going to handle, you know, being at this point in his career. But then you look at the way Pat Shermer was able to coach this uh, that Minnesota Vikings offense around Case Keenum and make Case Keenum super like one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league it was just outstanding so I have no question that Eli Manning's going this is going to be a great year for Eli even though he's at the later end of his career I think it's going to be one of the best seasons for him because of the coaching staff and because of the talent that he actually has around him like this is I think the the talent of this team rivals Philadelphia and the offensive line rivals Dallas, and the defense rivals Philadelphia. Like this team, you said has the potential. I think is one of the best teams in this East. Um, I'm honestly just gonna go down this roster because I I I'm gonna forget about all these players. Like I said, Eli Manning gonna have a great year. Saquon Barkley, go listen to the last episode. We raved about him forever. He's gonna be an immediate impact for this New York Giants team. And he is going to, and that that also is going to help Eli Manning be a more efficient quarterback. Um, Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, that's all you really need on the offensive end. And then if if that wasn't enough, Evan Ingram, who is a fantastic young tight end, he's going to be another weapon. And even Rhett Ellison isn't terrible; like he's a very reliable dude. But Evan Ingram is going is going to be a great weapon, um, and he's a good blocker too. So that's going to be great for Saquon. And speaking of blockers, this offensive line, like I said, rivals Dallas. Nate Soldier is a great pickup. Patrick, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna butcher that name. I'm a I'm a ma. I'm a <laughs> this Patrick O dude. <laughs> this Patrick O dude. He's fantastic at left guard. Brett Jones is a good center. John Jerry's good right guard, and Eric Flowers, like you said. Great right tackle. That offensive line is going to be very solid. That's going to help Saquon, and that's going to further help Eli even more. I think this offense is going to be fine, and they're going to put up enough where their defense, and I'll get to the defense in a second, but I think this offense is going to be able to put up enough points every week, um, and they're going to be able to more often than not score more than their opponents because this defense you keep saying potential. I keep saying potential. This defense has the potential to be phenomenal. Um, the ends are the, – the line is so-so. Like it, a lot of – we'll keep saying a lot of potential, not not necessarily proven dudes yet. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, he's a beast. Like he he's probably one of the better dudes on that line. Uh, Damon Harrison's going to be good at nose tackle. Um, but – where you really start looking at this defense and thinking like, wow, is is linebacker for sure. B.J. Goodson, he's going to be good, but the the big the big name on this defense is going to be Alec Ogletree in the middle. He's a fantastic pickup from L.A., from the Rams, and he's going to be a cornerstone for this defense. He's going to, he's going to be in the middle. He's going to be what Luke Keekley is to the Panthers. He's going to make that defense that much better. He's not going to get that stats that the middle linebacker gets, but he's going to be a presence on this defense that's going to help them and just make them even better. And then Oliver Vernon, obviously, great outside linebacker. And Connor Barwin, like you said, 
a fantastic pickup, veteran pickup that's going to help this defense. Um, and then the, the defensive backs, this is one of the best defensive backfields that I've seen in a long time, probably since um, Seattle, honestly, like the, Son- uh, the Legion of Boom. This Janoris Jenkins, William Gay, Eli Apple, Curtis Riley, um, and then you look at the state, Landon Collins, Michael Tom Thomas, and uh, Darian Thompson. These safeties and cornerbacks are going to shut down opponents. Um, and and they that's the thing too. They don't have to. They don't have many great um, other teams that they really have to. Uh, that's a lie. They do. They play some pretty good teams. Their schedule is pretty tough too. But like you know, week one, Jacksonville. They're just gonna have to score on Jacksonville and stop their run which this team's going to be able to do. Then they got the Cowboys. Texans are going to be – that's going to be a good matchup. Saints, if they can stop Drew Brees, which I think this defense is would be able to slow down Drew Brees, that'll be a good matchup. Panthers. Panthers are not going to be – you know, the Giants will be able to take care of them. Eagles, Falcons, Redskins. Niners, we don't know what the Niners are yet. Buccaneers, Eagles, Bears, Redskins, Titans, Colts, Cowboys. To me – that this roster and that and that schedule says to me that this Giants team they're going to be able to pick up steam early on and they're going to be able to gain confidence and just roll through this season. Um, but yeah, the, the like I said, the biggest things Pat Shermer and Saquon are going to help Eli have a great year. Um, and um, the Oh, the defense. The defense is potential to be better than Philadelphia's. Potential to be the best defense in the league. Potential to rival Jacksonville and Houston. Like this team, this defense has the personnel to just be fantastic. The only question on the offense is Odell Beckham and where he stands. <coughs> Excuse me. Where he stands with his contract. Um, if they can figure that out. Or if he can just decide that he just wants to walk next year, whatever. As long as he plays, he's going to be fantastic for that offense. Um, but yeah, I'm very high in the New York Giants this year. You want to add anything, Connor? If they make it to the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised. If they make a run for it, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, we all know they have the quarterback to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's done it twice. Um, all right, so now last but certainly not least, the Washington <coughs> ah, the Washington Redskins. Connor, what are your thoughts on the 2018 Redskins? Meh, meh. You know, they have. it's hard to deny the strengths that they have. Their secondary got a massive boost with Orlando Skandrick adding on to the, adding on to the team. Going to play on the opposite end of Josh Norman. So the thought process of, oh, let's just force the other corner to shut us on to the opposite end. Well... Take your poison now, because because Skandrick's a damn good cornerback, and you know what you're getting in Josh Norman as yep. well. Um, draft class was very well. I really loved the uh, the the pickup of Darius Geis through the draft. Yes, I was a ma- was a massive fan of that. I think there's way too many question marks on who is that featured running back there. Uh, defense pretty uh pretty solid there. Ziggy Hood coming on on the defensive line still is Ziggy Hood's a solid dude yeah still still a very very solid uh person there Pernell McPhee obviously I think still has some juice left in him from a positional standpoint Mm -hmm. Jordan Reed one of the league's best tight ends I think he's underrated last year was very what did very well and then injuries again 
DJ Swearinger, pretty good safety. Big, um, kind of a fan of his as well. I'm going to be honest with you. I just don't like the Washington Redskins. <laughs> I really don't. I, I really, I really don't. There's just two, do you know why? I don't. Yeah, I do. And I, I can't stand their head coach. Ah. Honestly, I, I couldn't tell you why. I'm just, that's fair. I am, I'm not a, this is not the right Gruden for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there is a right Gruden, to be honest. Uh, I like the other Gruden better. <laughs> not anymore. I don't. Used to. John, John I like. Used to. Not a whole lot, but I still like him. They're, so you know what you're going to get with Alex Smith, right? Everyone calls him a game manager, a dink and dunk quarterback, this and that. He's still pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah he pretty... can step up when he needs to. Right. But to who? <laughs> that, Jameson the, Crowder. Like, where, where, who's going to step up in that receiving core? Who's <laughs> going to? Jordan Reed. <laughs> Right. And what happens when Jordan Reed's going to get shut down? And who is going to finally stand up and be the full feature back? Is there going to be a running back carousel there? Yes. They can stop teams from a defensive standpoint. Are they going to score? You kind of Defense wins championships, but that still means you have to score more points than the other team. And I don't think they will do that consistently enough. Right. And it is of no fault of Alex Smith's. I just I don't think the Redskins did enough in the offseason to address the clear cut positional needs. They don't have I'm not saying you I'm not saying you need to go get, get go out and find an all pro wide receiver, but you gotta find somebody to take pressure off of Jordan Reed. The Darius guys pickup was great from a running back standpoint, but they went through running backs <laughs> like like toilet paper last year like come on and again some of that was injuries some of that was inconsistency i think it was a right. good balance of both maybe more so inconsistency i'm not worried about the defense i think that that defense can can be good if not great i think but i think just good i am not confident in that offense whatsoever and the one thing I worry about Alex Smith is that we saw the relationship between Kirk Cousins and Jay Groot and Sarah and everything, and we've seen how that kind of falls apart. We even saw it towards the end of RG3's time mm-hmm. in in Washington. So part of me was like, oh, okay, well, maybe RG, there's got to be something with RG3. But then with the whole Kirk Cousins thing and the contract ordeal, you saw that relationship sour and everything. I... I, I start to wonder if Jay Gruden just has a problem personnel-wise dealing with his quarterback here. And if I'm Alex Smith, I'm wondering if I'm him. Okay, if I have a bad game and everything like this, which is inevitable, everyone has bad games. Right. Is this coach going to be like, yeah, he had a bad game, but he's our guy. We'll, we'll, we're we're going to look at it, look at what we did wrong in the film. We're going to pick up, we're, we're going to find the, the positives and we're going to go off that we're gonna we're gonna do our best we're gonna come back next week we're gonna be stronger or am i gonna have a coach that's gonna throw my ass under the bus because things aren't going to his crazy expectations i don't think they're gonna do much in this division anyway but i really worry if i'm alex smith i just worry about the team in general what coach are you getting are you i'm not saying he needs to be the greatest raw raw guy i'm all for like putting your foot down when you have to but for consistently throwing some of your best players under the bus and having a track record of doing that, nevertheless, maybe it's just a me thing, <laughs> but that's not the greatest motivational tactic. One of my favorite teams 
in a different sport. It's kind of the problem that I have with with him as as the as the manager for that team. It's like there's a fine line between building a team up and then the constructive criticism. You know, putting your foot down. You got to get mad. You know, send a jolt through everyone's spines. And then there's flat out just throwing people under the bus and be like, nope, you suck, you suck, you suck, you suck, you suck, you suck, you suck. I don't like Jay Gruden as a head coach because he does more of that. He has his good moments, but I've seen him throw too many people under the bus and come across like he's this grand pariah of everything. I'm not sold on this. Defensively, they're solid. Offensively, I don't know what you're going to get. I really don't. That's fair. Um, to touch on the whole coach and quarterback situation, um, it, it may just be me, but to me, I look at that whole situation and I say, okay, RG3 had his issues. He kind of, he also had an ego, especially early in, early in his career. So I, I almost put that, you know, like you were kind of saying, I put that one on RG3. And then you, you start to think a little more when you see it happening with Kirk Cousins, but at the same time, it's almost the same situation where Kirk Cousins was having some decent games, but then there were actual games where he just was not a good quarterback in that game. And so, like, to me, like, Kirk Cousins having that high of an ego and thinking, like, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league, to me, doesn't make any sense. So I I, I side with Gruden on a lot of that stuff. And the reason I think it's not going to happen with Alex Smith is because Alex Smith is a pretty solidified quarterback and like a veteran in this league he knows what his spot is on the team and even if he does get thrown under the bus like he's I think he's at a point where in his career where he can take that um I don't know I I don't think it's going to happen as much I think there's going to be more of a mutual respect because Smith is such a veteran um so to me I don't look at that too much if we do start to see issues bubbling especially early on in the season then it's going to be all on Gruden you know, three quarterbacks. That's not going to be. That's not a good look for him. Um, but to me, I'm not. I'm not too worried about that right away. Um, but speaking of Alex Smith, I do think the Redskins 100% um, upgraded at quarterback. I'm not a big. Agreed. Kirk, I, I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy. I'm really not. I don't think he's going to do well I, in Minnesota. Um, I think the Vikings overpaid severely for him. Severely, especially with the loss of Pat Shermer, and we'll get to that when we talk about the NFC North. Um, but that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. But I think Alex Smith is going to be a very solid dude. He's better to me. He's more solidified and better at the quarterback position than Kirk Cousins. Um, and he's going to take less chances, but he's not going to turn the ball over as more. So he they have a they have a better quarterback. So that's all I'll say. Darius guys, we'll see. Uh, you know, he's a rookie. I think I don't they draft him in the second round. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, second round, there's going to be expectations there. I think he'll be the starter unless Chris Thompson actually shows something in the preseason. Um, but the, so and then there's know. Samaj, uh, Samaj, a Perrine. Yeah. Perrine, right. Yeah. He, he'll work his way into. I think it'll be a multiple back situation until Geis actually, you know, claims that number one spot. But I, th- I think it'll be a number one or a, uh, probably a three man rotation for a while. The um the wide receivers do worry me. Jameson Crowder, I think, is going to be a baller. I don't, but he's a lot like Tavon and Cole Beasley, where I don't think he's a number one dude. He's a good dink and dunk dude, but he—I don't think he's a number one guy by far. <clears throat> Paul Richardson, he'll be solid um, coming over from Seattle. He, yeah, he'll be okay. But you know, again, 
he's a number three, number four guy at most. I don't, you know, he's not going to, he's going to be interesting number two. So like that receiving core really worries me. Um, but then you have Jordan Reed coming back from his injury. If he's healthy and he's anywhere near what he was doing last year, he's going to be a big weapon for Alex Smith. We saw what Alex Smith can do with a tight end with Travis Kelsey. Um, and Jordan Reed is up there in the potential with that, um, or with the talent with Travis Kelsey. So I think look for Jordan Reed. He he's a sleeper, especially fantasy wise. He's going to be he's going to put up big numbers, especially with Alex Smith. Um, always loved him in fantasy. Always he's yeah he's a sleeper. He's not one. He's not a guy that no a lot of people look at. Offensive line is nothing to nothing to write home about. Uh, it's it's not bad. It's not, it's not bad at all, but it's not anything special, I don't think. Um, and like you said, defensively, you know, Ryan Kerrigan, Landry Skandrick, and Josh Norman, and, and DJ Swearinger, they're all going to be, like, the the solid, like, four people who will be consistent all through the season. Kerrigan's going to get to the quarterback. Um, Skandrick and Norman will be able to slow down top two receivers all game, and Swearinger is going to be great over the top, as he always is. Um, Preston Smith is going to have to step up along with Zach Brown. Um, and then Jonathan Allen, he actually, Jonathan Allen at, at defensive end, he started to show life at the end of last season. Um, but then they didn't make the playoffs. So like, you know, you don't get to show too much after, after that. So like he, but that's the thing, like he was, he was stepping up in kind of meaningless games. So we'll see what he can do. Now, you know, at the beginning of this season, preseason, most likely to, you know, to see what he can actually do. And hopefully he can step up um, when the season comes. This is a decent roster. Like when you look at it head to toe, they have a good quarterback and they have a solid defense. Um, The wide receiver position is lacking. But so like it's a decent roster and it could win games if it was in another division like. But but the fact that they have to compete with Philadelphia, Dallas, and New York, you know they have to play uh, those are six of their ten, six of their sixteen games are against those three teams. They 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 just I don't think they can really compete. I think they can maybe squeak one out against Dallas, but I don't see them being able to compete with Philadelphia or New York. Um, they're just too balanced on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I, this Washington team, like I said, they're decent roster, but a, this is a division where you need more than just a decent roster. You need you need contenders on your team. Anything you want to add before we move on? Not fully. I will say this so I can just get this out of the way now. Sure. Part of the reason why I really don't like Jay Gruden is because I personally, I think he only got the job because of what his last name is very well could be i don't i i think that he would be that he's an okay coordinator as a head coach no i think you're only i think he's only a head coach because he's a gruden then again i thought about that with uh, <clears throat> shanahan but oh Kyle shanahan actually had some merit being a coordinator right yeah yeah gruden was it was all right <laughs> it was it, it was it was all right all right. I mean, Shanahan <laughs> was much better. Or something. I think Shanahan more so deserved it. I think Kyle yeah. Shanahan oh, yeah. realized, okay, no one's going to give me – everyone's just going to give it to me because of my last name. Let me go out and earn it. And prove, yeah. And he did. Yeah. And he's one of – and I think he's going to be one of, if not 
He's going to be, yeah, I think he's going to be one of the best young coaches in the league. I agree. Quote, unquote, young. I don't know how old he is, but you get the idea. One of the uh, young coach, you know. Yeah. New coach <clears throat> type of thing. All right. So now that we've gone over all four teams, we are going to look at standings within the division, who we think is going to go first, second, third, and fourth. Um, I, I think you – I say we just go all at once, like you can give yours and then I'll give mine. Just go, you know, you can give in order, you can go top to bottom or whatever you want to do, bottom to top. Just give a brief explanation, um, kind of backing what you said earlier on every team and why you think they're going to finish where they are. All right. Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, Redskins. In that in that order. In that order. The Eagles, I think, as I mentioned earlier, my reasons were given then, why I think they can definitely repeat as division champs. I talked a lot about the potential for the Giants. I think they, I think it finally wakens up. And again, Pat Shermer, you 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 pretty much touched on it. He made that Minnesota offense look very, very, very lethal. Yeah. <laughs> so with Case Keenum at quarterback, right? And he carved up some teams as an o, as an O coordinator. And now you you have a multi time Super Bowl winning champion. I mean. You don't have Stephon Diggs, who's one of the best young wide receivers, but you get arguably one of, if not the second best wide receiver in the league in Odell Beckham Jr. It's like Shermer was basically just giving the keys to a Ferrari, and all he has to do is just make sure he doesn't crash that sucker. The Cowboys, I think they challenge for a wild card spot here. I think inconsistency plagues them. And the thing that you touched on that I also forgot was I. I personally don't trust Ezekiel Elliott to stay out of trouble. I think right. he does something stupid again. Yep. And the Redskins, like I said, your defense could be great. Still got to score at some point. And I don't see a, a whole lot of scoring because there's just a lack of people around Alex Smith that can get the job done. That and I just don't know. I don't even think they know who are outside of Jordan Reed who who's going to be the main guy for Alex Smith. All right. <clears throat> but I do think, but I do think two teams from this division goes to the playoffs. One hundred percent, I agree. Whoever doesn't win is going to make the wild card. Possibly two wild cards out of this team, out of this division. Very true. Like, very true. It, it's very possible that the Giants, Eagles, and Cowboys all make it in. Um, <coughs> um, honestly, it's possible for any one of these teams. You know, the Redskins could surprise a lot of people. Like, I'm not saying that there that there's no possible way that they can do anything. There's a very legit chance that they put together a decent team and they have enough chemistry to actually compete and maybe squeeze out a wild card spot. Um, they they have a, that's why this is the most competitive um, division in football. And I mentioned at the beginning of the show that no team in in the NFC East has repeated as champions since 2004, <clears throat> and I believe that that trend continues. And I believe the New York Giants are going to take this division uh, from the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Giants will put everything together. Pat Shermer is going to figure something out. Eli Manning is going to be great. Saquon's going to be great right away. And that defense is going to mesh perfectly. Um, Philadelphia is my second team. They're going to make the playoffs, no doubt. Um, I'd, But I but I think the Giants are going to match up better with them, and I think they steal a game or two against the Eagles. And in my mind, these two teams are going to have very similar records, possibly the same record, 
but the Giants are going to, you know, they're going to sweep the Redskins probably. They're going to, you know, there's the chance that they take two from Dallas and then they take one from from Philadelphia. And that gives them the edge over Philadelphia. And that gives them the push to the number one with Philly two. Philadelphia is a ta- talented team. There's every chance that they could go undefeated. <laughs> like, they, there's every chance that they're one of the best teams in the league. Um, but I just think the Giants are going to be able to put everything together. Cowboys I have at third, not making the wild card. I, I, I just see a lot of red flags in Dallas, and I, it's the third year for Dak and Zeke. I think something's going to happen there. You know, Dak's going to actually have to step up. I don't think that's going to happen. Zeke's probably going to get in trouble, and then Dak's really going to have to step up. Um, and that defense has been losing pieces uh, slowly, and I just think it's going to start adding up uh, <clears throat> for them. And Washington, they're a talented team, but they're not talented enough to compete with the rest of this division. I really just don't think so. I have them pretty low at the bottom of the, you know, uh, probably around – five and 11 maybe four and 12 um yeah yeah but that's that's how I got mine I got Giants for sure winning it I'd say Giants I'd say Giants and Eagles are around 10 and 6 maybe maybe the Giants go 11 and 5 and then the Mm -hmm. Eagles go 10 and 6 something like that but like I said I think they're going to be real close um and it's going to be you know maybe a game towards the end of the year that's going to decide it um but that, yeah, th- this is going to be a fun division to keep an eye on. I agree. All right. Well, that was our preview for the NFC East. And Wednesday, trying to think, I haven't decided on a, <laughs> I haven't decided on a division yet for Wednesday. But uh, peep the Twitter probably on Tuesday. We'll, well, definitely on Tuesday because we have to record um, either either Monday later in the day or Tuesday sometime in the morning. I will or someone will tweet out and probably on facebook too we'll we'll announce what division we're going to talk about for wednesday's show um but we're i'm going to say we'll probably stay in the nfc we'll probably do all the nfc ones and then move to the afc mm-hmm. but i have no idea we'll figure it out peep out keep a keep an eye out for the social media pages <clears throat> all right let's get to some segments winners and losers connor who do you have winning today oh donovan oh donovan mitchell Donovan Mitchell easily mm-hmm. because I don't know if you've ever I don't know if you've heard the story but this happened this past Thursday uh, from a Twitter user Andrew Simonova Simonova uh, this is what the tweet read I have a brother that's a little delayed in his development at the Apple Store he was told by a rep what he'd have to pay to have his iPhone repaired he couldn't afford it Spida the nickname of Donovan Mitchell yes. I might add overheard and covered the cost for him donovan is simply the best hashtag take note to which donovan mitchell responded all love with the raised fist emoji and said glad i can help wow this i, I love him i i mean I, I i i mean i love donovan mitchell as a player i love him the person he should have won rookie of the year because yep. he was actually a rookie <laughs> actually a rookie but oh yeah you weren't on the show for that but no, I went off on that. Of all the cool things that have happened, you know, with NBA Twitter <laughs> uh, this summer so far, this definitely should not be sweat. Be one of the lower tiered things. I think this is phenomenal. He's an 
all-around great guy, a rising star in the league, and obviously a top-class person. <clears throat> yeah, I love Donovan Mitchell. That's a great story. I actually didn't hear about that, but that's that's just awesome. I love people on Twitter nowadays. <clears throat> um, my winner are the Hamilton Tiger Cats because uh, the, the Tiger Cats played their CFL football team, Canadian League, and they played the Montreal Alouettes on Friday night with uh, Johnny Manziel making his debut for the Alouettes. Um, and he was traded over from the Tiger Cats, which he signed a contract with them in May, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, earlier this year, Johnny signed with the Tiger Cats, and then he, he you know, played with them through like preseason and scrimmage games, but then never played a regular season game for the Tiger Cats. And then Hamilton traded Johnny Menzel to the Alouettes. And then Johnny made his Canadian Football League debut this past Friday night for Montreal against Hamilton. And Johnny Menzel threw four interceptions. And Montreal lost that game 50 to 11. Wow. <laughs> so Hamilton has a quarterback, trades that quarterback, and then that quarterback throws them four interceptions. So. That's a, those are winners in my book. <laughs> rough, rough start to the comeback season. That's all I'm gonna say. Johnny Manziel. I don't know if he's if that was rust or what, but that was not a good look for Johnny and the whole comeback. <clears throat> Losers, Connor. Who do you got losing today? Wouldn't that make Johnny Manziel a loser? Yes. Uh, um, yes, it would. But but I have something else. You know, there's, losers. A, there's a lot of things on my list of winners and losers. Actually, there's quite a there's quite a few. Do you have more winners? I say what? Do you have more winners? No, I have more losers. Oh, okay, okay. I got a lot more losers. I'm having a hard time picking which one I want to go through. <laughs> I, I want to use more, so I'll just use this one. Losers are Mets fans because obvious reasons. <laughs> um, but you know it's bad when I I I still laugh every time I read this story. <laughs> the even when it first broke, I had to refresh it about 20 times to make sure it wasn't just a gag, but it's not. Online health marketplace, UMA Health, is offering free confidential therapy sessions to Mets fans looking to vent about the team's woes. The goal, according to UMA, is to bring attention to the important role of therapy and, the, and to eliminate the stigma of going to a therapist. Which is all great and which all. is great, you know, fantastic. Is, I, you know, which, yeah. right? The, the the motive behind that is is phenomenal. As someone who, who, yeah, you know, as it's a, who's still trying to convince himself that it's okay to go talk to, I, to think about. I I'll, I'll just add else. really quickly from a person who's actually gone and talked to someone through a tough time. It's incredibly helpful, and there's no shame in doing it. There's absolutely no shame in saying that you have to go talk to someone. It's okay. It, it's something that you need to do to help yourself. Right. <clears throat> I fully endorse but, it. Oh, I 100% endorse yes. it too. So, I mean, the motive is great. Right. But how bad of a baseball team do you have to be where it provokes something to do <laughs> such a thing? Your team how is so bad. How bad do you have to be? That your fans need therapy. Like this is awful. Because of the team, like, <laughs> like the motive is like the motive is great, but at the ex- wow, it's oh god. 
And here I was thinking Marlins or Padres fans were miserable, and the Mets were just like, hold my beer. <laughs> well, because, like, the, the Marlins, everyone knew the Marlins were going to be terrible. The Mets, it feels like every year the Mets have some sort of, like, hope. <laughs> they always have hope for the Why? season. And then it's never, right? <laughs> I don't get it. I really don't get it. Sure, you have great pitching, but <laughs> that's it. Wow. Uh, uh, At least the Padres have a pretty good farm system too. Yeah, they do. Padres oh have like been buying and selling. Padres are weird. <clears throat> um, <laughs> that's a great one. I saw. I I had a I had a good laugh when I read that. I almost used that too, but I already had a loser. Um, so my loser today. And I love this story, and I can't believe I've never heard this story before. So my loser today is Dave Winfield. Now, Dave Winfield was a – he is a baseball player. He played in the er, – not early. He played in the 80s. Shoot, hold on. Dave, hold on. Let me pull it up real quick. Dave Winfield played in the Major League Baseball. Give me, like, his debut. When did he play? Oh, yeah, so he debuted 73, played in 95. Played for 22 years. Long career. Padres, Yankees, Angels, Blue Jays. Yeah. Indian. Um, but there was a specific story in Dave Winfield. And it was now 32 years ago that it happened. And this was on on the 2nd, August 2nd, 32 years ago to the day. Um, Dave Winfield was playing, well, he was on the Yankees, playing a game in Toronto at the Expedition Stadium against the Blue Jays. And during a warm-up in, in between innings, it, it was at the, at the end of the fifth inning, he was warming up, throwing, throwing the ball, and a bad throw ended up hitting a seagull, much like when Randy Johnson threw that pitch and hit a bird. But this bird was just kind of standing in the field, and, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a purpose like he wasn't throwing the ball to the bird on purpose. It slipped or it was a bad throw, missed or something, and it hit the bird. Unfortunately, killed the bird. Now, a lot of people would think this is nothing, but apparently, at the end of the game, at outside of the outside of the clubhouse, there was a police officer waiting for Dave Winfield, and he arrested Dave Winfield for quote unnecessary suffering to an animal, which is illegal. In Toronto. So this man accidentally kills a bird with a baseball. And the the officer who was sitting at the edge of right field thought it was an intentional hit. And he was taken to uh, 14th Division and charged with causing unnecessary suffering to an animal. The charge was later dropped, but the moment never really went away. <laughs> it just... I just love it because he's probably walking out of the thing, right? He's probably walking out of the clubhouse at the end of the game, telling his buddies the story, like, "Oh yeah, like I, I missed, I missed the center fielder, and I hit a bird, and the bird, you know, they had to come get the bird off the field. Ha <laughs> ha, it was really funny." And then you look, and you just see a police officer sitting there waiting for you. It's like, uh, <laughs> can I help you? And then he gets arrested for accidentally hitting a bird. So now that makes me wonder. What happened to Randy Johnson when he hit the bird with the pitch? <laughs> like this is just this is so silly for me to hear. I it was one of my favorite stories that I heard on uh, on the second, and it's, it's just, I just can't believe that that was a real thing that happened. What is? I 
Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Why is that a... He... They thought he intentionally... They thought he intentionally threw the ball at the at the seagull. <sighs> okay. That was great. That was All great. Right. Oh, and it wasn't the second. It was actually yesterday that was the anniversary of it. It was the fourth. Two oh days my. ago, if you're listening to this Monday. Oh, my um, <laughs> I just think All that's right. funny. All right. I... What is... <laughs> just why? Just right? Just why? All right. Oh, my goodness. Let's wrap this up. One last thing. What do you got? Someone give me a reason to go ahead and buy this custom championship belt for some things uh, at, at the radio station. Uh, Football? Okay, yes. <laughs> football predictions. That, that, that's, the, uh, that's the obvious one, yes, which will also force me to to, uh, to well, I have in. Maybe a station fantasy football too. league. Yes, but I also want a belt just, just to say I have one. <laughs> just because I want it. Honestly, it would it would be kind of bad if I decided to make one for my birthday, wouldn't it? That would be kind of. It'd be kind of cool. That would be, yeah, I buy myself a belt. Yeah, <laughs> I I always buy myself a present. What what am I gonna put on the belt, Kyle? I, you don't have to put anything on the belt. You just put your name on it. <laughs> oh my goodness! And just call myself world's greatest host. Like yeah. no. I'm not that. If you had like a legitimately like a legit looking title belt, you could literally yeah, probably walk into a like, you walk into any of the bars in Whitewater and just be like, "I won!" And then people are like, "Ha ha ha!" And they um, like freak out, buy you drinks. I'm looking, I'm looking at this website, right? It's called Undisputed Belts, and they make Ooh. fully custom uh, custom belts for like Good. fantasy yeah. football, other different things as well. So, and I'm looking at it, right? And I can see the fantasy football one, and I'm just like, okay, yeah. Like, if everyone – like, we could do that or just, like, a, pre- a general predictions one. Right. Uh, as, as well. Probably fantasy football, I would say. And then everyone would just pitch in and get the belt. Hmm. And, you know, because I'm not spending all of this on my, on, all my money. <laughs> like, screw that. Yeah. Like, I like you guys, but you guys got to help me out if I'm buying a belt for whoever wins fantasy football. <laughs> um, I don't know. Should I – I feel like I should should I do one for fantasy football or should I do one for picks? Because not everyone does one for, does fantasy football. In our, yeah, I feel like the picks would be fantasy. pretty fun. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Is that your I'll one fix. last thing? Yeah, that that that's my one last thing. I need I need people to find I need people to literally give me a reason why I should buy a custom title belt. Send me a tweet if you guys ever figure out a reason why you guys think I should buy a custom title belt. I'll disclose the Twitter information later. But <laughs> I need to know. I need. I need a reason to justify, because there's. It's free shipping too, so I need a reason to justify. I need a reason to justify this. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, my one last thing for today is so that someone put out. It was someone on ESPN. It was an NBA analyst put out his projections for the 2019 NBA playoffs, and for some ungodly reason that i'll never understand this man did not have the los angeles lakers in the western conference like in the playoffs at all how in the world do you pick against lebron james to miss the playoffs western conference but (laughs) i'm I'm not saying i agree with them i'm just saying i can see why it's the west (sighs) oh 
it frustrates me. <laughs> this I I just can't. Like the Western Conference isn't as stacked. It's two teams that are really stacked and one of them isn't even that stacked anymore. Like yes, a lot of the stars are all in the Western Conference, but they're spread out to teams except for three on one team. There's the three on Golden State. Other than that, they're pretty steady. They're, you know, Damian Lillard's on his own team. Anthony Davis is in his, is on his own team. You got the Spider in Utah. You know, he, he's got Rudy Gobert, but he's not a star. Like, the only other pairing you really have is Oklahoma City in Russell and Paul George. We'll see if that works out again. I don't – you just – I'm hashtag mad about this. You can't. There's no way LeBron James is not making the playoffs. I'm I'm just going to say that right now. There is absolutely no way, even with this Lakers team in the West, LeBron James will still make the playoffs. Even if he sneaks in at a 7 or 8 seed, he's going to make the playoffs. I It, it floors me, especially someone from ESPN where it seems they drool all over LeBron James. It, it, just, it just surprised me to my core not to see the LA Lakers in there. Right. It 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 makes no sense to me, honestly. Especially when you have they had Utah at the two seed, which I don't I'm not necessarily mad about. I could see that. But they had the Denver Nuggets in there. They have the Denver Nuggets in above the Lakers. Do they really think Michael Porter Jr. is gonna be LeBron James right away? <laughs> Maybe. Do they even Probably think not. Michael Porter Jr. is gonna play right away? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> There's no way. And they had the Nuggets. Not only did they have the Nuggets in there, they had the Nuggets as a four seed in the West. No, there's just no that – dude, that dude was on something. Maybe he didn't get any sleep. Maybe he – oh, crap, I have to have my predictions done in an hour and threw them together. And then, oh, crap, LeBron went to the Lakers. I, this dude was just not thinking straight this day. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. That – if hmm, the Lakers will make the playoffs, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Mad about it. All right. Oh, dear. Um, Wednesday, we'll do more football predictions. <laughs> the Giants are going to win the East. Connor, take oh, us out. Oh, my. Oh, if you're listening, ESPN, it was him calling for his head, not me. Um, do it. Fight me. All right. So, if you're looking the – if you're looking to find us, if you haven't already learned, uh, we are, A, still working on the whole Spotify thing, fully aware of that, and B, still on SoundCloud, so if you are on Android, um, yeah, yeah, this is mostly for Android users, actually. If you, if you have an Android, the best way to listen to us is through SoundCloud, which is at uh, First Round KO podcast mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also we're on itunes give us a give us a subscription and give us a star rating a five star rating on the podcast app you have to have the podcast app by the way so and i which and is I, free and the pod, is free. and the podcast is free on both soundclouds and itunes it usually completely the podcast free app com, that podcast app comes stock but i realize a lot of people delete it because it's just eating up memory which i completely understand yes because if you don't need it why do you have it but now you need it so re-download it and subscribe to us please thank yes. you much appreciated um yes and on twitter make sure to find us at frkl podcast find kyle at olson 2k18 and then for me if you want to tell me what i need give me a good reason where i should just 
or give me a good reason as to why I should buy a custom championship belt by the time I get back to Whitewater, feel free to text the podcast or tweet the podcast or tweet me at Connor Moore underscore seven. Ahem. <clears throat> Links in the description. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. What a show. Until then, uh, we'll, I'll I'll try to figure out what I need to get a belt for, and you know, instead of just spending the twenty five bucks for a toy WWE one because I have to be extra. Until then, how extra will I be? Find out on the next episode of First Around KO. <laughs> see you guys on see you guys on Wednesday when we shock the system and maybe be a little bit extra since day one. Beg a beg and please don't make me feel this again. Things are getting eerie like the lake is down in Michigan. Had a good year, kinda tired. Where the Michel is at the finish line. Go get the checkered flag. Take a couple more shots. That's extended mag. I don't mean to brag. You smell the scented bag. I pull up solo at the function. I'm a tennis dag. Stone Cold Bachelor, Acid Rap and Chancellor, couple years in amateur, but never had a chance where you see me as a challenge to manage your intuition.